everyone. Thank you for joining us on another installment of the Professional Millennials Podcast. He's Derek. And she's Tori. Just to go over a little update, you know, what we've been up to, we are currently planning some DIY backyard projects to update our, our new space. It's been another pretty decent uh, week of working around the house, still, you know, settling in. It's going to be a month long, possibly years long project. We have a lot of things we've been adding in, like lights outside, you know, painting some old furniture pieces, just make them look a little bit more fitting in this house. Yeah, and I also really enjoy gardening, so I am really interested in getting that going in the backyard. You know, that'll cut down on groceries if we can successfully get some veggies growing back there. That'll be really cool. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a big goal. You know, since here in Texas we have such a long growing season, uh, we can really get started right now and things will start, you know, rooting pretty easily. And uh, part of that is going to be that my mom's coming into town this week, her first time ever coming to the city of Austin. So we're excited to show her around, give her that experience, and she has quite the green thumb. Yes, yeah, so we're you know, taking tips from the professional. We are so excited to show her the area and show her our place. Exciting stuff. A big highlight last year was she had this awesome like heirloom tomato plant. And if you know New Jersey's slogan, it's the garden state. And she brought that to life. Uh, She brought down a few of them last year to North Carolina when she and my dad drove down. And if you've never had like a real organic farm, fresh tomato, you got to try it. I mean, it's a different color. It's a different flavor, a different texture. It's hard to believe that a tomato could be so flavorful, but they are. Oh, yeah, you're, you're on to something with that. So we'll try to see what works around here in Texas. We know it's obviously a different climate than New Jersey, so we want to see what is more local here, what is native, and what will grow well with a little bit less maintenance, hopefully. You know, both of us are going to be working full-time jobs. We're not trying to be spending every moment of our free time gardening, but we do like it as a bit of a hobby, you know, on the weekends. Yeah, and if any of our listeners are local to Austin, the city of Austin does a program where you can submit plans or like a design for your yard and they will inspect like before, during, and after. And they will actually refund you for, I think it's like every square footage of grass that you get rid of if you like switch it to zeroscaping or something where you don't have to use as much water in your lawn. So just look into that if you're you're local. That's something where, you know, you can get money to put into your DIY. So, I mean, that's awesome yeah they have all different programs because such a hot dry climate here so they have things where you know there's water reclamation credits you can get you can do you know watershed areas within your yard where water runoff is like tori said if you cover up grass which takes a lot of water with you know things like mulch stones and stuff like that they'll give you credits so lots of different ways you can go with it it's not like oh you have to put mulch down and you'll get money no you can go a lot of different directions with different plans and that can work out nicely for you Yeah, so stay tuned. It might be a a few months before we have this finished, but we will keep you guys updated every step of the way. And moving away from the uh, the yard work, we also brought Daisy to a new dog park this weekend. Yeah, shout out to Victoria for recommending it. It's uh, WB Wells Branch Mud Dog Park, and it's awesome. It's got one of those classic features where they can separate, you know, small, medium, and large dogs if you want. Uh, We were actually excited that Today they had some of the gates open, so all the dogs will be playing around together, but they have plenty of good seating areas, a few little shady spots if you want to stay out of the sun, some little obstacles the dogs can climb on, tunnels to go through, and plenty of water for them as well. Yeah, we had a blast, and we actually had so much fun that we decided to go back-to-back days. And now Daisy is pooped. 
Yeah, so she's good for the week. <laughs> Besides that, I went to a uh, poker game with some new friends here in Austin. Uh, second week in a row, we'll be shouting out my buddy Nate. He invited me over to see some of his friends, and we had a good night. You know, really awesome hosts. Uh, Seth and Nancy made some delicious food for us. Um, something that we just kind of recently realized is On the Border sells their chips in stores, and they are some of our favorite tortilla chips. So that with a little bit of guac, a little bit of queso, and some good company made for an awesome night. And I don't know if you have anything else to say, but I think that about wraps up our update this week. Yeah, that covers it. We are moving right along today to our topic of the day. And today, it's going to kind of piggyback off our last conversation, so hopefully you enjoyed that. And we want to focus on technology addiction. Now, we're not saying that everyone out there using their phone has a problem, but we are all probably using our smartphones, computers, less as tools and more as time wasters. So we kind of want to dive into what that looks like. Yes, what that looks like and and effects as well and things you can do to help out. Something I just wanted to start off with is uh, we interact more with our phones than other people these days. This can have some serious effects on people. Things that result from this include depression, insomnia, and social withdrawal. And this is really based on the fact that we have a lack of personal relationships or positive relationships with people and there's so many actions we'd be doing with each other that would be you know triggering us to have fun and enjoy our time but a lot of these apps and websites are developed specifically to make your brain release dopamine so it tries to draw you back in give you a little notification or a little ding or something just to excite you and it keeps you coming back for more yes and something i would recommend looking into is on netflix it's called the social dilemma I would just give that a watch if you have a moment. It really talks about like behind the scenes, what social media companies are doing, how they track, how long you look at something, you know, what they're doing. Well, actually, they're doing everything that they can to keep you looking at, you know, to keep you on their app as long as possible. It's really crazy that our attention is worth so much to these companies and they will do anything to get us us hooked on it. I remember for a long time, back when I still had Facebook on my phone, they would have my Facebook Messenger app, or sometimes just the Facebook app would have a little red one in the corner, as if there's a notification, I would open it, and like nine times out of ten, there would be no notification, it was them just trying to bait you into it. Have you ever had that happen? Yes, now that you say that, I'm like, wow, been there. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't even realize they were playing me. All the time, and with that in mind, I just kind of alluded to it. I haven't had Facebook on my phone for almost three years, and I'm my life has changed negatively in zero ways. There is really no benefit to having Facebook on my phone. Not many of my friends use it. Uh, my, my family does use Facebook a good bit more than me, uh, but I can communicate with them in so many different ways, so many more meaningful ways. Definitely. I agree. And something I noticed since deleting the Facebook app off my phone is that I don't spend time just going on these tangents, looking at all these depressing stories. Like there's a lot of negative stuff out there on Facebook. You know, it's not all just people posting engagement and wedding and baby photos. There's a lot of just negative stuff that you don't necessarily need to see or need in your life. It doesn't add any value to my life to look at that each day. And I think a big part of that too is that really in any sort of media, 
polarizing topics get the most bang for their buck. They want to have some sort of topic or some sort of conversation starter or a statement that is going to make you love or hate it. And so if you don't love it, you're going to end up hating it. Then you're going to have people pitted against each other. And I know for a fact that I have lost Facebook friends who have possibly stopped being my friend in real life because of maybe a stance that you post on Facebook. And if that's the case, were they really your friend to begin with? Probably not. But it is sad that, you know, things get so polarized so quickly and people turn into keyboard warriors saying things that they would never in a million years say to someone's face. That's a, a great thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like that's especially big on Twitter, you know, places where you can like hide behind a profile that might not be you. Cough, cough, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> but also, even in ways where you are literally talking to somebody, think of your time working with one of your most recent jobs where you were on the phones a lot, people called in and you knew their names. You would give them your name. They knew what your role was. You knew what they were doing as the customer and people still wouldn't act like you were even a human being. Yeah, that's true. But that that might be a topic for a different day. Just be yeah, nice to people. But still, when there's that technological barrier, it takes some of the humanity out of the interaction. Okay, no, you're you're 100% on it with that. In my opinion, maybe one out of 10 of those rude callers would actually have the same reaction if they were face-to-face in a store. If you were helping them there face-to-face, most of them would probably be like, hey, this is just, you know, a 20-something-year-old girl who's at work trying to, you know, make a living, trying to help me with my, you know, situation, and they wouldn't all of a sudden get so irate or act as if you're the one causing all their problems when really it's either the company or let's be honest a lot of it was the customers making mistakes on their own with their with their situation oh definitely but you know i would like to think that people would be nicer if they had been talking to me face to face which is so weird because you know it's a person you know it's not a robot you know that there's another human there but somehow because of that technological break between you it's a whole different mindset seriously a whole different mindset Something else uh, with technology addiction, some people think that it could really be as harmful as drug or alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. That's a very serious statement, but I I think I agree. I've seen some psychologists put out numbers that uh, they believe about 5 to 10% of United States citizens, or at least um, adults in this country, have some level of technological dependence or addiction. Yeah, I saw this article online, and it was talking about how like- you were online, were using technology, were you yeah. addicted? See, I, I mean, I can't even do this podcast without technology. I'm so addicted. But something I noticed that I didn't even think twice about it, like doing bills. I pay all of my bills online or through technology somehow. Whereas like in, I guess, not even that long ago, like that was like a paper thing. 100% not tech at all. And now how many of those passwords for those bill paying accounts could you remember off the top of your head? Over or under 50%? under and that's scary because think about how much dependence we are now having on our technology there's a phenomenon called digital dementia because we can so easily say oh who is that guy in that thing and you pull out your phone and you google it and it gets you the answer so you never think through the process and you can actually lose some of those memories and some of those neural pathways because you're not really using them you're just turning to technology to do it for you Yeah, so next time you you pull out your phone, I know all the smartphones are doing it. They're tracking how long you're on social media, how long you're on your phone. They 
divide it into categories. Just take a look at that. See how much of your day you're wasting each day and use that to motivate yourself to take a little digital detox and take some time away. Last year for a while, I remember I looked at my numbers and I decided I wanted to cap some of the apps that were time wasters. You know, for a while I was playing a game that was just, you know, mindless to fill time between classes or whatever. And there was another one obviously was Twitter, which has so much negativity. I'd say the vast majority of posts on there are going to have some sort of negative response. And so I put a simple hour timer on it. And over the maybe two months that I was trying this for myself, less than 10% of the days, I could stay under two hours. I'd usually end up saying, oh, let's add five more minutes to it. You know, let's like do it again to 10 to 15 to 20. And actually that half hour, it would actually stop you from essentially hitting snooze on it again. And most days I was still hitting that. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's not like you're obsessed with Twitter or anything. You're just like, well, I'm bored. What what should I do? And it's like you could be channeling that energy into a hobby or a project or like literally anything else. And like I said at the outset, you know, you want to use it like a tool. And you use technology as a tool to research for this podcast. We're using technology as a tool to record it and to edit it and to post it. And there's so many amazing things you can do with technology. It's a shame to waste it like that. How about this? How about you guys, next time you want to just scroll on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, whatever your thing is, how about you just turn on a podcast, put your phone away, and do something else? You'll still have the audio, you'll still be getting that entertainment, but maybe you can do something else. Maybe you won't just be sedentary looking at your phone. Like, go get active, go do something. That's a great idea, Tori. I think we would all be better off if we spent a little more time uh, doing something other than staring at our phones. Absolutely. So just a few tips to help you guys break technology addiction or internet addiction. If it's something you think you're struggling with, uh, make sure you set aside time to take breaks. Do a little digital detox. Another tip would be to get some other hobbies going. You know, pick up a new hobby, learn something new, do something that you enjoy. And the positive there is that's a nice way to work yourself out of that dependence because you can use your phone to go on one of those apps look at what other people are doing with their time. There's plenty of posts. You can see people using skills that they have and you can learn right from them on YouTube or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. So use that through your technology to wean yourself off. Yeah, like I noticed I had just been like following a bunch of DIY, like furniture flip people, watching their projects and like low-key being a little jealous, like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And then I just like went to Home Depot got the stuff. I already had furniture in my house and I literally just finished a project. I'm so proud of it. And I might even sell it for money. Go me. So the next one you can do is try to turn off notifications for some apps that aren't necessary. Obviously keep your text messages coming through phone calls, of course. But for me personally, one that I always have going off is Yahoo sports app, or I have my MLB app. And most of them are silly things that don't matter. Things like maybe a game score, keep that going, but just try to minimize those unnecessary notifications. Yeah, mine is Reddit. Guilty. Another thing that you can do is try to talk face-to-face with people. Instead of texting or calling, see if you can just meet up with them. I'm sure they'd be happy to see you. Another tip, don't have your phone around at meals. Make sure that all meals are phone-free. And that's a funny one. I don't know about you, but my parents, when I was a kid, were strict. No phones, no iPads, none of that stuff. Game Boys at the table. And now I feel like I go to a restaurant with my parents and immediately one of their phones is on the table. It's so funny how it's switched like that. I mean, they're not immune to technology dependency either. If anything, it's worse for them because they didn't grow up with it. 
Mm-hmm. And they're much slower with it, you know? A little more time wasted. Yeah, a little curve there. But uh, final tip for you guys, just delete Facebook. Just do it. You won't regret it. All right. Well, that concludes our topic of the day. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And next week, we promise to get a little bit away from the internet topics and give you something fresh. Time for everyone's favorite segment. It is Dog of the Week. And this week, we are going all the way to sunny South Africa for our Dog of the Week. Her name is Lucy. Lucy is a cute border collie who loves playing fetch in the water, just like our fur baby Daisy. And so her owner was just tossing the ball into a tidal pool. She was running out, retrieving it, splashing around, having a great time. Until suddenly, somebody stepped in. An octopus came out from the water, grabbed the tennis ball, and pulled it under a rock. Now, poor Lucy is such a good girl. All she did was sit there, watch, and look at her owner, thinking, Dad, where's my ball? Never got mad, never tried to attack the octopus, never barked or yipped or anything. Just had a sad look wondering, what am I going to do now? But because of that restraint and that good behavior, Lucy is this week's Dog of the Week. Now, we are moving on to turn up or throw up. Derek, are you ready for this? Born ready. Good. Okay, first one, Snapchat. Ooh, turn up. That was one of, like, the first social media apps I liked using, for sure. Plus, OG Snapchat was a whole different ballgame where it was just picture, gone. Literally made for, like, quick, funny messages with your friends. That was, in its essence, the best part. When did you first download Snapchat? It was high school. I want to say like 10th or 11th grade. Okay. I feel like I was super late to the curve, like freshman year of college. Okay. when I got it. Um, actually, after I had met you, but... So there were already some new features, I guess, by then. Probably some actual chat. Because when I first had it, you couldn't just type a message. You could only send a message if it was a caption. Yeah, I think that that's what it was when I first started. Okay. But if, I remember them starting adding mm-hmm. the chats, but crazy how that's evolved and like it's been years since that and you still think it's turn up so Mm -hmm. that's a little shock for me okay next one pinterest pinterest is throw up it's just way too many clicks to get through it if you want to watch a recipe or a diy or something like that it's first a 10 page blog post about why they (laughs) wanted to make pumpkin bread and then you gotta sift through filter through find things go on an exploration and finally get actually what you wanted so throw up PSA, they do have a jump to recipe button. <laughs> Why do you have a separate button? You got to click it once, click it a second time to open the article, click it a third time, just jump to the recipe. All I want is the recipe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, number three, YouTube. YouTube is big time turn up. I was just talking to some of the guys over the weekend saying how so much of the TV content that we would be watching is now YouTube. And I'm going to harp on my boy, John Boy. Jimmy O'Brien of John Boy Media, who literally just hired an ESPN, former ESPN and Fox Sports analyst, host, personality to be on his YouTube channel. And this guy's only been in the game professionally for a year or two. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. YouTube is is for everyone. It's high production quality, too, in, in most cases. Absolutely. The next one I have for you is Reddit throw up there's just some weird dark corners like most social media apps but i feel like there's some more and definitely some 
darker corner than others. Yeah, and what a huge time waster. Next, I have Twitter for you. Twitter's still a turn up. Definitely a turn up. You know, Twitter is just an amazing way for us to interact with people directly. We're able to see celebrities on there, the average Joes. And the best part to me is when somebody who is not doing their social media presence professionally absolutely blow up because they have such a relatable take. Those are the best. It's like, wow, you know, this person may live in Turkey or in Alaska or in Oklahoma, but we are still going through some of the same shit. Didn't you have a tweet that kind of blew up recently? It didn't blow up, but I did have a tweet that the New Jersey Devils hockey team retweeted, and it's because I mentioned Mr. Devil Ken Danico, and he actually retweeted it as well. He's a multi-time Stanley Cup champion, professional hockey player. So that was a little little bit of limelight for me. My 15 minutes of fame last weekend. I'd say that's a pretty big fucking deal. Next one I have for you is LinkedIn. I'm going to go throw up for LinkedIn. I understand the purpose, and I think it's a good purpose, but it just seems like a misfit in the social media space because it's not a social media really right it's more of a professional media but people use it socially yeah it's like hybrid interesting what about the app whatsapp whatsapp is a turn up i mean it's great when you were abroad we could still message or if you run over on your data you can use the wi-fi and message people still you can send bigger files and attachments whatsapp video chat as well a lot of functionality there Mm -hmm. And what about Facebook? Facebook is a throw up at this point. I think, again, they got too far from their why, like Snapchat is doing currently. And as you dilute it, you lose what was so good about it. Yeah, Snapchat could really ditch all those other things they have. I wish Facebook would go back to focusing on finding a way to make it easier to network with your friends and actually connect with your friends. Yeah, in person. (laughs) And what about TikTok? TikTok is a turn up. And lots of funny content coming out of there. The one negative I see with this is that everyone's just going to TikTok because apparently that's where the most money is made for most social media presences. Yeah, and I'm somebody who doesn't really want to download that app. Don't don't even want to open that can of worms. But it's frustrating how like people that I like to follow on Instagram like will put their content on TikTok instead because they're not getting profits from Instagram. So it's just like frustrating. I don't want to like go like to the TikTok website just to watch your videos, but like I would definitely want to watch your videos. So struggle's real, mm-hmm. but honestly, I should find something better to do with my time. The last turn up or throw up I have for you is the Meetup app. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have never used it, but I'll give it a big turn up. I've heard really good things. Um, the first time I heard about it was, believe it or not, my dad. So it's kind of sad that a sixty-something-year-old was way out of the curve on it than me. I mean, he has these guys he loves to go out with riding his motorcycle. My dad's a big motorhead or petrol head if anybody's listening over in the UK. He loves going out on his Triumph. He recently even got a second bike as a BMW now. So he'll do a little thing where they go on a ride through a scenic route, stop out of the cafe, have a nice late breakfast, and then they'll ride home. Hell yeah, turn up. Yeah, and people do it for dogs a lot. You know, you said you bumped into a whole group of Akitas, right? Uh, Not Akitas. I I don't know the actual name of the breed, but, like, we were at the dog park, and, like, there's just a whole gang of the same breed that showed up, and they were, like, 
we were like, oh my gosh, like, what are the odds? And one of the owners was like, no, 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 like we planned a meetup, like <laughs> probably through meetup app. And so that's a great way, like we said, to wean yourself off of the social media or use it for its intended purpose. Use it to connect with people in the real world. The deal of the week for this week is going to be um, based off the Hobby Lobby weekly ad. So Hobby Lobby often has awesome sales. You can even download like 40% off coupons from uh, their website. And right now through the 27th of March, they have 40% off of all of their spring stuff. So that includes like tableware, garden stuff, wall and home decor. And they also have up to 50% off just regular home decor as well. So whether you're looking to get some stuff for your backyard for spring or whatever it is, like definitely go check out Hobby Lobby. They have the cutest stuff. Oh my gosh, I love it there. This week's On the Bright Side starts in a town called Seaforth, Ontario. That's the home of professional hockey players Ryan and Cal O'Reilly. As kids, they would play in their local skating rink. It was run by a man named Graham Nesbitt. Now this man was known by his community for staying late and opening early for the kids who tried to squeeze in the extra practice time. Obviously it paid off for these two young guys. Now recently, sadly, Graham Nesbitt hit a few health difficulties and he needed a kidney donation. Of all people, one of the skaters' moms, Mrs. O'Reilly, decided to get tested and found that she was a match. And so she decided to donate her kidney. Bonnie O'Reilly donated a kidney, not to any one of her family members, but to the skating rink coordinator because he had such an impact on her young boys. She claimed that he kept them out of trouble by opening early and closing late, like I said earlier. So he went out of the way, not realizing how much of an impact he made on other people's lives. And it's just an amazing way that Bonnie was able to give back to someone in her community who helped out her family so I wanted to highlight Bonnie for helping out another great soul, Graham Nesbitt, paying forward the kindness. Wow, that's an amazing story. It really is. Again, like I said, you never know when a small act of kindness can make an impact on somebody. So why not do a few more of them? Could have like changed their lives completely. Sounds like it, it kind of did. Yeah, you grew up in a small town and maybe these guys are extremely smart. And they would have gone into being aerospace engineers. But for them, their calling was hockey and Mr. Nesbitt helped facilitate that to them. So now not only are they professional hockey players, but their mom saved his life. Wow, that's full circle. Pretty powerful. And that is this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Remember that whatever platform you're listening to us on, we would love it if you could give us a follow. Number one, though, would be rate this. If you liked it, give us five stars. If you hate it, Maybe give us four and a half. Otherwise, share it with your friends if you think they'd enjoy talking about this week's discussion. And you can always reach us through our Instagram at Professional Millennials Pod or through email professionalmillennialspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners their thoughts on this week's episode. And just so you know, 4.5 stars is not a thing. So just round up to five.